0: Hi, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Skift Airline Weekly editor Madhuni Krishnan, and I'm here with Skift Airline Weekly senior analyst and co-founder Jay Shabbat. Jay, welcome to the program. Thank you, Madhu. So this week's feature story is about Air India. This is a a carrier that you've had many things to say about over the years. Um, I just wanted to see if you could just start us off and sum up what you think about Air India.
1: Well, I hope I'm not being too disrespectful in uh, saying that Air India is not exactly a synonym for efficiency and quality. <laughs> it is an airline, however, that has some strengths. Um, and as the uh, Indian government is now trying to to sell it, um, it may in fact get uh, attract some suitors.
0: Wow, okay, let's back up there. Um, so, first of all, Air India has sort of been a by word for airline inefficiency since almost since it was privatized from the Tatas. Correct.
1: Right. Right. So it's yeah, it was privatized, you know, many decades ago.
0: I, I believe it might've been the sixties if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So very, very early. Uh, yeah, not, not too long after India's independence, actually. And, um, it's, yeah, it was always, uh, you know, uh, just th- these are the days before deregulation and, uh, a lot of you know it's essentially turned into a big jobs program and there wasn't you know there was a lot of i mean i've I've talked to people who uh have flown you know who flew air india back you know in the 70s who who said it was the best experience of their life because they flew in first class and there was all sorts of you know money thrown at the product um but the point is
0: it wasn't um i can vouch uh, for that in the 70s it was a really fantastic experience the food was always good
1: yeah so the the problem of course is that it's uh it wasn't an airline that was very cost efficient and um, not run as a true business and so back about 10 years ago a little bit more than that um, the indian government decided that they would merge um, there was actually another state-owned carrier called indian and they indian mostly handled domestic routes um, and they decided to merge air indian indian turned out to be a, a disaster they they were trying to wring some you know, efficiencies out of it, but they encountered a lot of labor union resistance and it just never really worked so well. So fast forward to today in air, India um, is a company with just enormous debts that requires um, a lot of taxpayer funding.
0: Right. right. Well, let's back up just a second to something you said a few minutes ago. And that's, um, you know, we're, we're, we've spent a few minutes talking about, um, what is wrong with Air India now, but you said it had some strengths. What are some of the strengths that Air India brings to the to any potential stu- suitor?
1: Yeah, quite quite a few. I mean, the first thing I, I should point out is that Air India now on an operating basis, so if you just kind of forget about the debt, um, it's actually making a little bit of money. I think they've said that in the last fiscal year, which ended in March, they maybe had a, a little bit of a loss because there were some issues with flying through Pakistani airspace, which is closed. And uh, there were, there were some, but it's not, don't think of it anymore as an airline that just, you know, runs like extremely, um, you know, negative operating margins. It actually, um, I think this year, they probably will make a little bit of money. Um, So it's the debt that's more of the problem. Um, Of course, they have, uh, they're essentially, the only airline, only Indian airline operating a lot of long haul routes now, um, intercontinental routes, because Jet Airways is gone and they, they sort of have all those routes. It's not a huge network, but um, they're the only Indian carrier flying to Europe, flying to the U.S., etc. Um, so there's that. They have privileged uh, slots and gates at some of these very congested airports like Mumbai and, and Delhi, most importantly. Um, huh. So there is uh, and, they, and they have. You know, it's a pretty good fleet. They have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have, um, you know, triple sevens and and a, a nice Dreamliner fleet. So it's uh, you can see the potential attractiveness.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one of um, Air India's strengths the the bilateral air service rights it has with several countries around the world.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So Air India has what's called the right of first refusal. So every time. The Indian government negotiates a new bilateral, and let's say they're given a you know X amount of traffic rights from, say, China. Air India has has the first sort of right to decide whether or not it wants them. It can you know sort of take them or leave them. Um, now there's a question uh, about whether or not that will remain um, after it's privatized. And so there's a lot of questions like that, that are kind of entangled with the privatization process. Um, so just as a, uh, just to move back one year ago, Air India, or sorry, the Indian government tried to privatize, um, tried, on the first attempt, tried to uh, privatize Air India. Um, they, it didn't work. And part of the reason was that they only were selling about three quarters of the airline and the government was going to retain a quarter stake. Yeah, there was one carrier that said it was interested, and that was Indigo, which is the largest Indian domestic carrier. And when they kind of learned about that, they were like, eh, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Um, So now the government is like, "Okay, we're going to sell 100 percent. We're just, you know, it's all yours if you want it. So it's a little bit more attractive. But some of these other sort of details about You know, the route rights and, uh, you know, how much debt it will have exactly. Um, The government is actually doing a lot to take some debt off of its books. Um, So that's going to be another, you know, point of attraction.
0: But still a lot of details to be determined. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, you know, you referred earlier um, about, you know, the debt and some of the weaknesses Air India has. What are, are, if you could sum up, what are some of the other weaknesses and inefficiencies that Air India has? I would say the two big ones are the debt
1: and the the labor force. Um, and not that the, the, there's you know not that the workers aren't aren't skilled, but um, and uh, perfectly qualified. It's just that there's overstaffing, and the um, there's been a lot of strikes. And in fact, the unions have already said that they're you know resisting this latest attempt at privatization. So another one of those detailed questions, um, going back to the you know the previous uh, discussion, is. Will whoever buys Air India, will they be allowed to lay off workers? Will they be allowed to, uh, will the government uh, give some workers, uh, you know, sort of pay them off to go away kind of thing? Um, so that's, you know, another very, very big question. But those are your two, you know, if you're buying Air India and you're reluctant, it's probably because A, the debt and B, a labor
0: force. Interesting. And, you know, let's talk a bit about the changing Indian air just the air travel market. I mean, when Air India was in its heyday, it was the only game. It's the only game in town internationally, and and it's you know, and Indian Airlines was the only game domestically. Uh, in the last twenty years, the Indian airline market has changed enormously, and to, you know, um, and Air India, I guess, from what you're saying, has not been able to adapt. But can you can you talk about what the uh, the the landscape looks like now?
1: Right. So, so one of the sort of the big bang event of 2019 was that jet airways, which was really Air India's only full service competitor flying, you know, intercontinentally um, they, they disappeared, they collapsed, went bankrupt. So Air India, um, you know, you would think uh, that Air India would be uh, kind of riding high right now, flying high, but um, that's not the case. Um, ironically enough, the jet airways collapse was probably at the end of the day, a net negative for air India. Um, there was definitely a short term gain to be had, but what happens, and we saw this when air Berlin went, went, went under in, in Germany, you have this relatively inefficient airline jet airways that goes away. And then that vacuum is very quickly filled by more efficient, lower cost carriers. So you see, you know, SpiceJet is growing something at like a 60 percent pace. And and Indigo now says that they want to fly uh, intercontinentally. So ultimately, Air India is going to wind up with with a tougher competition set. So it's prob-
0: probably, you know, net negative for them. Huh, so Jet Airways collapse is actually not a good thing for Air India. I would never have thought that, huh? Um, Arguably not. And what about? I mean, there there are other, like you said, Indigos is is planning to fly Intercontinental. Um, Vistara, Singapore Airlines, um, the affiliate of Singapore Airlines, also is uh, planning an expansion Intercontinental. Correct. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. So they have, um, I think, 10 787s on order, and they start coming real soon, I think in 2020. So they'll start uh, flying on uh, intercontinental routes. Now, interesting, when you ask the question of, you know, who might be interested in, in buying Air India? Well, Indigo is, you know, a candidate. They said last time that they're really only interested in Indigo's, or sorry, in Air India's route rights and their their gates in, in Mumbai and Delhi perhaps they're wide-body planes. Um, We'll see if this time maybe the conditions will be more appealing. Perhaps they'll um, be interested in actually buying the whole airline. Um, The Tata Group, which is the other owner, you mentioned Singapore Airlines, but the Tata Group is the other owner of Vistara. They kind of hinted that, okay, yeah, maybe we'll take a look at Air India too. And that sort of makes sense. If you buy Air India, um, if you're Indigo or if you're Vistara, you're automatically eliminating a one of your intercontinental competitors so it kind of gives you um it really gives you a strong um initial position or at least a lot of scale on some of these intercontinental routes now of course you know there is what we talked about before you have to swallow the, the the labor inefficiencies and and all of that as well but it's you can see the temptation you know if we if i'm indigo and I really want to fly intercontinentally, I buy Air India and all of a sudden I've got all these route rights from day one, all these, you know, wide body planes from day one, all these um, assets that I'm buying in Delhi from day one. So um, that's, that's the, the
0: appeal is, is, is there. That's interesting. So the Tata Group might actually be interested in going back, owning Air India again. I mean, I believe they founded Air India. They were the first uh, first operators they carrier. Um, yeah, that's right. So it would
1: come, it would come full circle. <laughs> now they, <laughs> you know, they haven't uh, explicitly said that yes, we want Air India, but um, I think they've, you know, sort of indicated that they'll they'll take a look.
0: Now, is there a, a, is there a, a foreign carrier that might have an interest in buying a stake? Yeah, that's an interesting question,
1: um, and that to some extent depends on what we talked about before about the details. It's not clear whether India's government will allow. Foreign carrier to take a stake, and if so, what, um, how much of a stake? So, you know, does anybody really want to buy a 10% stake in Air India? I mean, possible is you know, teaming up with an Indigo or Singapore Airlines. I mean, that's possible. That is, I mean, Singapore Airlines is an interesting case study. Would they want to buy if if the Indian government said, Yeah, you can buy, uh, you know, 100%, or you can buy maybe, uh, join up with the Tata Group and buy 100% of Air India? Would they be interested? Perhaps because Singapore Airlines um, is one carrier in particular that's um, very eager to um, diversify away from its home base, Singapore. Um, India is a very important market, and and they see it as as a you know very important to, to their airline's future. So that's a potential candidate. Um, it's hard to find too many others. Qatar Airways said you know no thanks, we're not interested. Um, you know, this is a domestic carrier again, but SpiceJet perhaps is another you know Indian airline that
0: wants to do long haul and may benefit from you know taking over Air India. Um, so that's interesting about Singapore Airlines. I mean, what would that mean for Vistara?
1: Well, they would combine the two theoretically. Um, I don't know. You know, if they keep separate brands, that would that always gets a little tricky. You don't. You know. I don't know if it's uh, you know, I can't say the Air India brand has a, a, you know, tremendous amount of resonance in the market, but it is somewhat iconic and um, especially, you know, in, in the domestic market. So there would be options there. They can combine it and, you know, just call everything Vistara um, or perhaps operate two sub-brands. I don't know. Um, but you, you can see the logic, the logic in, in combining Air India and Vistara. You just
0: get... Um, you know, an Indian landscape with one less competitor. I remember their ad campaign as the flying maharajas in the '70s and '80s. Um, now, what happens to to this? I mean, if, if no one is interested, what what do you think will happen?
1: Well, then it's kind of back to square one, I guess. Um, you know, it, it, India India's government uh, would really like to get rid of it, and they kind of have the current government kind of has the political capital to, to push it through right now. Um, we're in the past Indian governments have kind of, kind of, it's kind of been a non-starter. Um, so it may just be, um, you know, if this, if this time they can't do it, you know, it's, there may not be another time. I don't know. Um, it just may be, uh, and I just want to emphasize again that, it's um, it's a company with tremendous debt, but it's also a company that's earning operating profits. So there won't be as much pressure if, if this sale winds up uh, not coming to fruition and the Indian government is remains stuck with it. Um, you know, the taxpayers still on the hook for all this debt, but there won't be a tremendous amount of pressure to you know to close it or do like a mass restructuring because of the operating profits. It's a very different situation where like. You know, about ten years ago, Japan Airlines was just bleeding so much money that was a state owned carrier. But um, they were bleeding so much money that they just had to. There was no choice; they just had to do this massive restructuring. Same thing with Malaysia Airlines um, in 2014, I think it was. After they had those, those two accidents, um, there was just no choice. I mean, there was there was just it required so much capital to keep the airline going. That's not the case with Air India. So I guess expected to uh, you know live on in, indefinitely.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's a fascinating story. Um, Jay, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining the podcast. And uh, we'll have you on again soon.
1: Thanks, Madhu.